2: Daily face podcast comes courtesy of The Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Biebs-Bondi.
0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Daily Face-Off podcast. I'm your co-host, Beebs bondi i here with my co-host, Dylan Berthium. Um, I don't know if you guys heard my start-off to the to Brock impression right there, but I tried my best. Um, didn't work very good. D, how you doing, though? I thought he was sitting right here
2: next to us. Yeah,
0: I... I had to stop doing it because D was looking so scared. So uh, I had to pull back a little on that one. But um, going to work my broad compression a bit. But, yeah, doing good, though. Um, your team has healthy players. Mine does not. Um, the Avs are currently on a five-game five, five game skid. So I'm just, you know, trying to uh, get through my days and hope that someone else doesn't go down because Grubauer went down in practice today. So
2: Yeah, whoever thought they would perform worse when Landis Coggin-Renton and out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. And now they're going with uh,
0: Frankouz and that. So, uh you know, dark times ahead for Beep. So, if I go missing on Twitter and stuff like that, it's because I'm just in my room crying. It's okay. Oh, it will be fine. Week to week, buddy, remember? Yeah. And all my sports teams are losing, so it's okay. You know, it's... uh, Yeah, I'll get used to it.
2: No Brock, as you mentioned. Yep. He's, the inmates uh, running the prison tonight. First
0: ever episode that Brock has missed, so... Um, You'll love to see it. Yeah. You guys are going to be playing this one on repeat, just like, oh, remember that app where Brock just didn't show up once. But <laughs> Daily Face-Off podcast brought to you by oddshark.com, yeah, so we're going to start here with a new kind of segment, we're just going to, D's going to go over the notable line changes that have happened, just a lot of injuries in the NHL right now, and uh, as I mentioned, teams like my avalanche are kind of shuffling stuff up, and that's where, you know, knowing about some notable line changes can really help your fantasy team, so D's going to go over that here, and uh, D, if you want to start with, uh, I think you got some desert warriors out there.
2: Uh, yeah so I start with the coyotes again just going over some teams uh, that uh, made some uh, either changes or just you know a little bit of juggling of the lines uh, over the last few days over the last week since the last podcast and uh, just talking about some quick fantasy repercussions uh, so the coyotes uh, you know started to toy with that first line that uh, me and Brock have enjoyed so much this year um, the step Keller Kessel line no longer a thing at least not for the time being. Uh, Christian Dvorak is actually centering the first Windsor, line right now with Phil Kessel uh, and then Barrett Hayton. Uh, Dvorak's the one you really want to maybe consider going after. Uh, definitely some short-term value here. He's just 4% owned on the first line with Kessel, um, like I said, and uh, also on the first power play unit. Uh, two goals, nine shots in his last three games, uh, mm-hmm. playing around 17 minutes a night over that span. So uh, decent spot for Christian Dvorak for sure. Uh, Clayton Keller is the other thing, Um, falls down to the third line with Nick Schmaltz and Connor Garland. Uh, not the worst spot to be in, as, just as far as the quality of his yeah, line mates. it's made. a very decent line.
0: Uh, yeah, it's just the
2: line. usage isn't there, right? Yeah. Like, uh, Schmaltz, uh, the Schmaltz, Schmaltz line plays significantly less than the Stepan line, and now the Dvorak-Kessel line.
0: Just kind of a letdown, because I know a lot of us coming in this year, uh, myself included, put a lot of stock into Keller, thinking he could get back to what he did in his rookie year. Uh, yeah. He's
2: playing decent. Yeah, but, I still uh, hold on I still to playing. him. I I think yeah. he's oh, still, definitely do not let go yeah, of Yeah, especially sure. if your league doesn't favor goals over assists. I, definitely in the time being... Um, with that dual wing eligibility going to be worth rostering um, you know still on the top power play unit and like we said you know not the not the worst quality of limeage. Schmaltz and garland are, are you know both legit players and yeah. can uh, create offense and move play at a decent pace uh, just obviously a little bit less upside just given the ice time alone Schmaltz is someone who um you know talking about the ice time he
0: is triple position eligibility um and he's kind of been turning it on lately someone who should definitely be rostered just if uh if we're talking third line, yeah yeah me
2: and brock i actually brought him up as uh, a little bit of a sell high last week just because he's right around oh, a point per game yeah. pace and like i said the ice time isn't there the underlying numbers just who thought some would be
0: this deep that uh that would be talking about nick schmaltz not back in the top six. i know
2: i know but i mean we were uh i love it I love yeah it. and the thing i said with brock too it's more of like a like a sweetener right like you're not going to get a lot of value out of schmaltz in, in a one-for-one but if you toss him in some sort of two-for-one, two-for-two deal, he could probably sway it your way and you end up getting oh, yeah. the better uh, long-term now value. now he has
0: that triple position. I actually didn't realize that. That happened this morning or yesterday, so that's huge.
2: Um, yeah, I think he's right around 50% on so.
0: so uh Yeah, currently sitting at 50, averaging 15 minutes of ice time. So if you could bump that up a little bit.
2: Um, Yeah, that's the main concern. Not sure it'll happen as long as he's playing center anyway. Uh, But you never know. They've moved Dvorak in and out of the middle. So there's a chance, I guess, Schmaltz can move up to that top line as well, which would obviously be great. Yeah, who would have thought
0: that that team, too, would just be a bunch of horses that are all positives. Um, Only three players on the whole roster currently negative that I'm looking at here, and two of them are... Phil it's a good team. Obviously, on. the
2: goaltending is a big part of that. With the plus minus, out of his mind. Um, but yeah, I mean, anytime you got Carl Soderberg center in your fourth line, I think you're in a pretty good spot. Yep. Um, so they look, you know, pretty solid. Having I think we're seeing the best, goals the best team they can be right now. You know, I think everything's kind of broke their way so far. So it'll be interesting to see if they can keep it up. Um, but definitely, certainly a lot of upside there. Uh, moving along, we got the Calgary Flames um, top line back together. They experimented a little bit with Elias Lindholm at center, which is interesting. We've never really seen that in Calgary before. Um, so Backlund is actually down to the third line. Not no They got Goudreau back with Monaghan and then Lindholm back on the right side. Uh, Backlund moves back up to play on the second line with Kachuk. And I believe Andrew Manjupin, or Mangiapane yeah, is the uh, second winger on that line right now. Um, so I guess Backlund creeps back into the streaming uh, conversation, right? A little bit more value there.
0: Yeah, I mean we saw him do it last year, where he he should have been kind of rostered all year, or he was on that edge of should be at least stream played depending on the matchup. Um, I think just strictly through the success we've seen in the past, it's definitely worth keeping an eye on. Um, yeah, especially he's not going to hurt you in those those random categories like plus minus. Um, I'm pretty sure he does get yeah Ter- terrific
2: um, uh, two way player plays absolutely. on plays in all situations. Yeah. For and them. if he's
0: playing with our boy. Uh, our boy uh, Matthew Tuchuk out there. Matthew I TK. Mean, he's on absolute yeah. fire right now. Eight points in his last four games. Um, yeah, he's that up to nine goals well. in the year, I think. Um, I would love to be near that guy on the ice right now. He, everything he touches is working, including things through his legs. Yeah,
2: his... they proved last year to be a really effective duo at 5v5 um when like i said more of a, a two-way player uh, you know offensive upside it's there but he's just not going to be uh, around the top tier flames players because there's just no room for him on that top power play unit uh but at least you know worth a spot starter too if he's on that second line for sure yeah. worth keeping an eye on if he yeah. starts trending upward but yeah. um, straight center eligibility makes him a little bit too uh difficult to roster full-time on any mm-hmm. half decent fantasy team uh, but definitely uh, like i said worth targeting again on a, on a short-term basis uh, Chicago Blackhawks, yeah. Dylan Strom, Alex, Debrinkat spent some time on the fourth line together last week. Um, fourth. you know, the fourth, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, and it did reflect that too. The conf Kubelik line or Kubelik was playing more, um, than, than what uh, that, that fourth line was. They remained on the top power play unit. They still are, but now they're back on the second line with Patrick Kane. Uh, obviously a little but, Yeah, that. obviously that, that stint on the fourth line was never going to last too long. Um, so I you know I think Stroms worth taking a look at again. Mm-hmm. If he's playing with Kane and Debrinkat, I think he's about 27% owned right now.
0: Yeah, if not uh, less, he's flying. He's he's one of the top dropped guys. Yeah, I, I think that was really the number the I saw
2: earlier. Alex Nylander, 6% owned. Brandon Saad, 8% owned. Skate on the top line with Taves. Don't necessarily love either one of those guys, but they are seeing a lot of ice time right now, for whatever that's worth. Uh, what's, what's your take on those guys, Beeps?
0: Um, I, I just don't love a lot of the Hawks right now. I think I would, I'd rather have – definitely rather have Strom, I think, than Saad. But again, strict center eligibility. Strom's kind of had a slow start. And, and I, I like that line kind of clicking, if anyone does start clicking. But looking up and down this roster, we're at the point where we're even looking at guys like Jonathan Tays going – See worth rostering right now. He is. Um, if you guys are asking that, I think in most leagues, if you're let's say a, a twelve a twelve team standard league, definitely hang on to him. Stay strong with him. But uh, we're getting to the point where he's 59 percent owned. We might start talking about him as a as a streamer in a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, I
2: I mean everything obviously broke his way last year when you know he yeah, finished he's somewhere. He's not a, a point per game player. Yeah, and not. I mean the the real thing. I guess the hope for a, any sort of uh, repeat uh, it relied with that power play. That power play was so good last year, and I guess I'm still holding out a little bit of hope there. Who would have uh,
0: thought it could have dropped down though? I uh, know right? not at all.
2: Chicago is just such a high event team that uh, I I really like Stroman in this spot anyway. If you yeah. And, um, hold down a spot with Debrin Cat and Kane there. Uh, it would be interesting to see if the Blackhawks get a little bit more concrete with their lines or if they continue to be this fluid uh, and switch it up as constantly as they do. Because Colleton last year, when he took over, he was actually pretty steady with what he did. So, yeah, and it was working. Uh, I think for a he's while just there. trying to figure out and find something that works. Yeah.
0: We just need Strom to start getting some shots 25 shots all year. Yeah. Um, three of which have turned into goals. Uh, he he's a guy where he is a he's a natural goal scorer, but he's also a, a playmaker out there. Honestly just to set up Alex to Brink but neither seems to be happening right now. Um, he's got two assists tonight, so could be could be a big turnaround against Seventon yeah. uh, I, mean, I guess if anything
2: ten. it just it bodes well for Debrinkat moving forward uh you know if yeah. I'm sure owners were getting worried for a while uh definitely an encouraging sign to see him yeah. back on the second line and, and I playing I, with Patrick yeah,
0: Kane. Definitely don't uh, personally I would not I would say do not sell Debrinkat right now his value is almost at the lowest it could be at and he's Yeah, no definitely definitely, uh, definitely going to have better days. It's a buy low target, right? For oh, yeah. sure. Yeah.
2: Um so uh, Colorado, your your abs, we talked about it a little bit I don't even know what's um, going on there Kadri played a couple games on the right wing now back to centering line 2 Uh, Tyson Yost and JT Comfer on his wings. Matthew Nieto joined Nathan McKinnon and Jonas Donskoy on the top line. I think Donskoy is the one to target here right in the short term with Ranton and Landeskog's sideline. Not only is he on the top line with McKinnon, but also on the top power play unit. Uh, So, you know, never been a guy with the most offensive flair or offensive upside, but I just think the minutes and the usage here is a little bit too good to ignore.
0: Well, that's what I was going to say. Literally just whoever you should own is whoever fills that top power play spot. Um, as far as the even strength line mates go, it's not a, it's a, not a massive difference that he's with McKinnon. I mean, it does t- obviously help. That's who you want to be out there with. Um, but again, it's whoever's occupying that top unit. So I think that you're right. Don Squay is the one to look at right now. He's so frustrating because he's a guy that we saw out in San Jose for years playing that top six. And we're like sitting there like, dude, you're going you gonna to pop off ever. Um, yeah. So if there's ever been a time, I guess now would be it with everyone just going down in Colorado. Um, so definitely keep an eye on Donsko. I believe he plays both sides as well. Um, yeah, on I think Yahoo, right. which is pretty nice. You could slot him in. Um, I like anyone playing top line minutes, but with McKinnon, you know, all it takes is one, one touch up the boards and he flies through score, takes a shot scores. Yeah. I mean, McKinnon
2: obviously out. hasn't been as productive with yeah. the two of them out of the lineup. Uh, shot four, production has four been four through the, the roof. Do He's do having to sh- shoot a lot more. I think he had eight shots last game. Mm-hmm. um, but yeah, you would think Don Sky would be the, the main beneficiary of that. So uh, take a look at him. Just yeah. 7% on right now.
0: Definitely still uh, still keep your paws on Kadri um, if, you, if you got him. Just because he's someone where... I think you know he's still gonna still gonna hold his own value. Yeah, I think
2: I, I definitely right? want to wait another two to three weeks, maybe even a month, uh, once the this could get healthy tomorrow, yeah, and see how the line shake out. And you know, I think they're still trying to figure out what works best for them. Yeah. I, I thought that Burikovsky Kadri Donskoy line looked nice when they were all healthy. So um, I think you got to be a little bit more patient with Kadri, but um he's not gonna burn you too hard yeah he's not on that top line yeah and i i but i think we got to be realistic about it and really talk about is he worth rostering in a couple weeks from now if this continues this keeps up um because just straight center eligibility and i just don't think you can really afford to wait around on him and the upside isn't that great so you know if he does end up bouncing back i don't think you're gonna get burned that much either um capable of a
0: 30 for 30 though seen it happen a couple times in toronto so if he can you know kind of keep his Keep his production where it's at at the moment. Um, He's right around there. For sure, for sure. Not a Uh, a bad fantasy guy. Yeah,
2: moving right along, we got the Edmonton Oilers. Um, Basically, just kind of a wait-and-see thing. Sam Gagne, just 1% owned, by the way. uh, Did start last night's game on the top line with McDavid and Drysettle, but Cassian was back in that spot before the end of the game. Uh, I think Gagne played about seven minutes with them. Cassian was around three or four um so definitely just keep an eye on the Oilers lineup heading into the weekend
0: Cassian yeah, at 33% owned yeah yeah highest the, ever for sure for the him. nice
2: takeaway from that for Nugent Hopkins and Neil owners they were playing together which is kind of best case scenario uh I guess aside from uh dry settle being dropped down to the second line maybe Nugent moving up but uh at least they're back playing together and not uh separated between the second and third line so that's good to see just keep an eye on the on the Oil lineup heading into the weekend uh the la kings tyler mm-hmm. toffoli five percent owned on the top line tonight with Anzi kopitar and jeff carter
0: stacking their lines
2: nine percent owned. jeff carter i think he's top 25 in the nhl in shots right now Yep. um so putting the puck on that a lot skating with kopitar playing a ton of minutes uh kings creating a little bit more scoring chances than they were last season they were a pretty dull low event team last year yep um but creating more surrendering more but creating more and that's what you like to see from a fantasy hockey perspective uh so I think Carter's worth going after and you know I I do believe Tofoley could be productive uh in a first-line role so uh both of them worth keeping an eye on in, in the short term I think at least
0: yeah, I I completely agree. Um, if there is anyone to own on LA, these would be your two. Um, besides the obvious Kopitar. Um, yeah, and then
2: I guess Brown and Bangor leagues. Yeah, um, Ooh, yeah, yeah, Brown and I, I follow. Uh, obviously, Hurts not playing with uh, Kopitar, but they are still seeing a lot of lines uh, or a lot of minutes on what's uh, listed as technically being their third line with Adrian Kempe as the center. He's boy, my boy. Um, Montreal Canadiens, Jonathan in fifty five percent owned, so probably still available in a decent amount of leagues. Uh, Max Domi skating together on the second line. It's just exciting for both of them. Uh, I think that's the best way to maximize either one of theirs upside. Uh, unfortunately, they're skating on separate power play units, but Juen was previously on the third line, so just good to see. Ju um, again uh, most likely not going to keep up uh, the pace yeah. he's on right now, just the shooting percentage on his shooting percentage. Uh, he's been a little bit fortunate in that regard. Uh, but certainly skating with Domi on the second line would uh, help ease that regression a little bit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was gonna say this guy is still only twenty four years old, so um, he could be, you know, just coming into his prime right now. Yeah, top three pick. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, um, it was second or third. I remember, yeah, third overall. All, all I remember about him was just that big, uh, big amount of shenanigans he had in Tampa with uh, Eisman there before he got traded for Sergachev straight up. But um, yeah, I, um, as you mentioned, it, as as much as we want to hope that it is, you know, Jaren breaking into a next tier of player, I think the on ice shooting percentage says that he is who he thought he was. Um, but uh, but again, exciting. Uh, definitely someone I want on my roster. And um, Montreal yeah. Montreal's a better team than a lot of people thought. This. year.
2: Yeah, I, I just think he needs to see more ice time and more opportunities, yeah. specifically oh, on the can first work power his play. That PP one to be great. But. Yeah, he he's been there at times. Just the I think you know Julian, nice uh, little sell high candidate though. Yeah, they really switch it up there in Montreal. So, smash uh, him. Yep, Nashville. Philip Forsberg (laughs) back on the first line with uh, Ryan Johansson and Victor Arvidsson. Obviously, that was their top line for most of the last season. Forsberg had been skating with Duchesne and Michael Granlin on line two. Uh, Kyle Turris moves all the way up from line four now to center line two. Duchesne shifts to the wing. Callie Yarncroft, the other winger there. Michael Granlin demoted all the way down to the fourth line. Uh, (laughs) Wow. You hate to see it. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that'll, that'll happen with Nashville. We saw it at Wayne Simmons last year. I saw it with Kyle Turris earlier. Imagine
0: you're so deep you could put him there and kind of justify right. it. Uh, well, ben- Benino to- and
2: Craig Smith have just been playing yeah. out of their heads exactly. in the third line too, and they like Rocco Grimaldi there for whatever reason. I Decent player. I don't yeah. mean to, to put him down, but obviously doesn't offer the offensive upside that some of no. these guys do. Uh, but that line's been a force at even strength. I think Benino's up to eight or nine goals now. So Yeah, had, um, a, uh,
0: had a nice hattie the other night. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely not. Definitely someone who's getting picked up a lot more than he probably should be in fantasy. By the oh way. yeah, I'm in mean, no means uh, recommending Benino, yep. but I, that's yep. just kind I of just the, felt I should mention. I've been watching his uh, his own percentage go up yeah. there, and like guys, yeah, guys, that's the curse twenty percent. Yeah, it's just Chill. the curse
2: of playing on a team as deep as Nashville, and Grandland's taking the brunt of it right now. I think in most standard leagues, you can probably go ahead and drop him. Uh, the goals just aren't going to be there, yep. uh, regardless, and the assist total. I think it's going to be a little underwhelming. Obviously, playing on the fourth line and second power play unit kind of sucks. Um, it's
0: like the Nashville curse for fantasy we see it every year even a guy like Duchesne now um they've never really had you know a huge a huge 100 like 100 point goal score guy we've never seen it and that's just it's not bad it's just the way they play and the usage has just always been so deep um and unfortunately we're seeing that fall all the way through to Grantland who's like you mentioned almost not even rosterable a guy who uh I believe I had as a sleeper early on so um yeah maybe I should just go back to sleep on that one yeah Wait till next year. <laughs> uh,
2: New York Rangers. Ryan Strome up to the top line with Artemi Panarin. and uh, Mika Zibanejad's options, uh, absence, sorry. Options. Uh, yeah, Zibanejad threw me off there. It's all good. Uh, Z- Zibanejad, uh, day-to-day still with an upper body injury. They're not really updating us any more than that. Uh, it does really seem like a day-to-day uh, sort of thing. They've kind of given out a lot of optimism on a game-by-game basis that he might actually suit up. Uh, but we're at the point now where he's missed five games in a row, so who knows how long it's going to take him to get back Uh, Strom playing a lot of minutes right now. Uh, Jesper Fast, the other winger on that line. Unfortunately, no power play time for Mr. Fast. Um, Moving right along, Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. uh, Afghani Malkin back in the lineup uh so you know maybe adds a little bit more value to some of the depth players in pittsburgh alex kalchenyuk comes to mind just 27 percent own brian rust is other winger but i think galchenyuk obviously offers a little bit more offensive upside struggled Uh, early so he should be out there Um, yeah well i mean melkin got hurt right and uh doesn't get any time with crosby so galchenyuk's never been the guy to carry his own line we're excited to see what he could do in a complimentary role with melkin uh, so it'll be good to see if he can actually get an extended look there now. Yeah,
0: now's his time. Um, yeah, he definitely. It, it, I mean, it's too bad he can't. He can't hold it. Um, he did nothing while Malkin was gone. But um, that only bodes well for you because he might do something now, and people aren't going to believe it. So uh, yeah, definitely and he was
2: hurt it. for a bit. Well, or, uh, yep, he was hurt Atlanta. for a bit there as well. So uh, ho- hopefully, him and Malkin can get back on track, and we can actually see uh, some offensive production there. So Galchenyuk, a guy at least, flagging on your watch list um the San Jose Sharks did some line juggling Evander Kane now in the top line with Logan Couture and our boy Kevin take it straight to the LeBanc Kevin uh so that's exciting there yep uh our other boy Timo Meyer skating with Hurdle on the second line not a bad spot for him either Barclay Goodrell the other winger uh Patrick Marleau Joe Thornton together on the third line no fantasy relevance. I just thought it was cute. and Yeah, no, mentioning. it's
0: super, it's like just the, the old boys club. It's great. Like you got to You got to think the team just gets jacked up when that line. Does anything? You know, the first few yeah. lines do whatever. That I got to imagine that's like chances. yeah, hello.
2: I got to imagine that's like the NHL players' version of the retirement home fantasy, where like ten years ago, Joe and Patty were just fantasizing about just eating twelve minutes a night on the team's third and fourth line, <laughs> living in that, that SoCal life, yeah. and just, just churning out like a fifty-one percent Corsi. Yeah, just yeah. being right above replacement level and picking up justifying a couple mill season yeah exactly.
0: it's uh it's kind of funny just kind of off topic here but just the old centers who are uh who are out there in, in pools you go across you got gets you got joe thornton who's together. on fire by who's the on way ex- oh, big time fire <laughs> seven goals this year he's gonna crush last year's 12 I he's probably there already, wild <laughs> um but we you're seeing these hilarious names and a guy like joe thornton who's someone who back in the day you know was going in the first round not even back in the day we're talking years ago or, um three or four so back in the day but uh but yeah anyways um you mentioned it and yeah No, nothing about fantasy, but uh, it's cute, like you said, yeah.
2: Uh, Last one here, Toronto probably love it. (laughs) Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, John Tavares finally back in the lineup for the Leafs. Uh, Forced a little bit of line juggling. Matthews remains with Janssen and Nylander. That's great news for those two wingers. Uh, Taveras, with, obviously, with Mitch Marner. And Trevor Moore, 5% owned, up on the left wing tonight. Um, really just short, a short-term thing there. Zach Hyman is going to be back soon. He'll be back in that spot. Uh, Alexander Kerfert centering Ilya Mikheyev and Kasperi Kapanen on line three. Uh, Taveras also took Nylander's spot on the top power play unit. Nylander moves down to unit number two.
0: Not bad. Um, not much to say there. You crushed it all. That's our general look at um, at just kind of some of the lines that's going there um, and, and what's what's moving, and, and some guys should keep, should keep an eye on. Wow, the words did not come out well there. Um, but we're going <laughs> to want to go on to a new little section. Me and Dee uh, thought about this morning. It's called We Believe, and uh, it's basically guys that, you know, c- coming into the year, they started off hot, and people might have sat back and said, you know what, it's just a hot streak. They're going to come back to life. Um. And this is just us believing them, uh, that they are the real deal. They are what we've kind of seen early, And people that, realistically, we're saying Target and Trades, um, because they're going to do this all year, uh, Yeah, early at least something. It, yeah,
2: it can to be tough extent. to, early on, kind of decipher yeah. from a hot streak and what might actually be sustained long-term exactly. production. So hopefully we can highlight uh, a couple guys here. I got one guy to mention. I think you got two, right? Yep. All right, so why don't you kick it off here?
0: All right, um, at 84% owned, and I, I wish it was a little bit higher, it's uh, JT Miller out in Vancouver. This is a guy we we mentioned as a big-time sleeper coming into the year, just strictly because Vancouver seemed to just put all their marbles in this bag, um, trading their first-round pick unprotected next year, which realistically going into the year, some people thought it could be a lottery pick. Yeah. Um, plus a second and a third, I believe um, they basically got realized they, they, they needed something, went out and got it. And it's turning out quite well for them. Miller has 16 points in 15 games. Him and Elias Pettersson are looking like like peanut butter and jelly out there. Um, let's put it as that. They just, they look like they've been meant to play together forever. Um, and this is a team that's sh- kind of shocking the world right now. And JT Miller's leading that charge. Um, he has 40 shots on goal this year which is on pace for 220 on the season this is this is why I absolutely love JT Miller right now it's a guy we've seen struggle to get the puck on net um, he's never eclipsed more than 200 in a season. He's just even last, even his 20 point goal seasons, he was around the 120 shot mark, 130. So, if we can see him get to 220, this is someone who can realistically, I could see make it to 60, 65 points, especially with this hot point per game pace. He's proving to be an absolute weapon on the power play. He's got five points early on. Um, JT Miller for me is just you know, I, I thought he would be good, but I didn't think he'd be this good. And it's someone who I, I believe. Definitely worth be having a roster spot. Yeah. He's playing all three positions. There's a reason he's 84 percent owned. But yeah. uh, as we see him and him and Pedersen just click more. Um, this is a really exciting team, and I think that uh, that Miller's yeah enjoying I, what he's doing there. Me and Brock
2: talked about it a bit last week. I, I would definitely would have thought he was. Uh, potentially could be like a 60 point guy. And yeah. uh, if he were to play a full season in this spot, that that was the main concern, right? Travis green. So yeah. inconsistent with his lines um, that will he keep Miller with Peterson and Besser now uh, for an extended period of time, he's played literally every game there so far. So uh, hopefully it continues. I, I think as long as, uh, as long as yeah. it does, we're seeing success capable like of everything you yeah. talked about. Um, small correction worth mentioning. It was a third and it was a conditional first that okay. they sent, uh, uh, sent to the Lightning, sorry for uh, JT Miller. Uh, the condition being, if they miss the playoffs this year, it does get moved to a twenty twenty one. At which point, it would be unprotected. <laughs> okay. So. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So, so not as bad because if it was unprotected next year. Yeah. Still so a bad, lot of actually. value for a guy who's um or a, I, I yeah a lot of value yeah. for a guy whose uh, most uh, productive seasons and, and spurts have come. Uh, and more of a complimentary role, but that's what he's playing here, and he's doing it to great effect. So, yeah. as long as he stays on that getting line, those pucks on that. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I like uh, Miller a lot. Uh, Anthony Mantha here, uh, another guy, I'm sure Brock will be smiling uh, somewhere now. His ears may be getting a little hot, but yeah, uh, I'm nine goals. he's not sprinting through the, the, <laughs> yeah. the room like
0: the Kool Aid man. Oh yeah. oh, yeah,
2: nine goals, six assists, and 17 games for Anthony Mantha, 65 shots, third in the NHL. Uh, shooting 13.8% right in line with his career high or career average. Sorry. Um, so I, I definitely look sustainable. He's on pace for 43 goals. Given his underlying numbers, certainly possible. He could top 40 with the amount he's shooting right now, just under four shots a game uh, on pace for 313. Uh, never doubted Mantha's talent. I don't, I don't think either of us did. Nope. Uh, again, it's just a question of the coach. Uh, really, how is Blashill going to use him over a full year? So far, it, it's looked great. He's playing 19 minutes a night this year, uh, career high for him. He was right around, I think it was 1750 last season. Blashill seems committed to keeping that top line together. Dropped Mantha down the line two for a couple games already, but quickly went back to the Bertuzzi Larkin Mantha formula. Uh, I, I think just think he's going to shatter all of his pr- uh, previous career highs. Uh, I think if the usage is there, he's going to be an elite goal scorer all season, uh, with legit 40 goal upside, yeah. which, for which we've seen already.
0: It's crazy. Cause coming into this season, you know, um, we are really only talking about that top line, but mostly just Larkin. And it seems like Mantha might be the actual one who you want to own out of the two, just also the position eligibility. Yeah. That's the, don't main. don't get part, us wrong on Larkin. Sure. He's a great player, but, um, yeah, I love the shots. Mantha's a, uh, He's a proven goal scorer at every level, and uh, it's it, it's great to see it translate. And it's good to see Blatchel just letting him letting him kind of keep going. It doesn't seem like that's going to slow down. If you do slow it down, they risk you know losing going on ten game losing streaks instead of eight game losing streaks. So, um, so you know you don't want to mess with that. But um, for mine, I decided to attack the net. Someone who I've kind of um, I, I'll admit this guy's whole career I've kind of uh, kind of doubted him, and who hasn't? It's Darcy Kemper out in Arizona. D, can you guess what Darcy Kemper is currently ranked among all attendees? in fantasy? I
2: was looking earlier. It's second or third, I think. Right? Um,
0: and Yahoo he's currently first right first. now. First. Um, which is. is wild. I'm not sure how he's doing on ESPN. But um, that's in a league that just has wins, goals against, save percentage, and shutouts as I was going to say, we don't need to talk about ESPN's um, rankings. But that's, uh, yeah, no, not at all. But that's that's how Darcy's doing, which is absolutely crazy. This is a guy who a lot of people probably realistically picked up out of their free agent pool or with some of their last picks. Um, and definitely drafted anti Ranta um, earlier than they would have him. But I am a... Firm believer now in him after this start. Not so much that he's a 940 save percentage goalie. <laughs> um, that's what he's currently pumping out. He's got seven wins in ten starts. Um, I don't necessarily think that's something. Eh, it's uh, it's it, it, it. This team's hot. If they can keep it up, uh, you know. Maybe not 7 for every 10 starts, but it is someone we could see hitting the 30 win mark. Yeah, um, the real threat there is Ranta as exactly, much as anything else. Yeah. And, and the thing is, um, Ranta really hasn't played that bad, which is kind of scary. Um, but it could also turn them into a two-headed monster, much like we saw out in, out in the island last year and currently this year. Um, Kempfer's had an extremely good career save percentage he's a 917 save percentage a lot of people say small sample size it's actually touched the ice in 196 games he's got in that in that crease with a 917 save percentage that's better than a lot that's better than the average league-wide average and um if he's hot this year he was extremely hot last year pumped out a 925 across 55 games um it's someone on a team that's rising that i just really like in the back of your net someone again you probably got as your third goalie um and he's kind of moving into goalie two status at least well, he is there right now. I mean, he's the number one ranked goalie. But um, but I could see him definitely, if he moves to your number two goalie on your roster, he's already surpassed his value that you thought you were getting. Um, and I, I do believe in him as a starter right now, even if he's splitting 50-50 with Ranta.
2: Yeah, Which for sure. Like I, gonna happen. I think we were, as a whole, sleeping on Kemper a little bit. But in our defense, uh, Brock's love of Ranta is just so fierce that I don't think oh, we are allowed to respect or anticipate yeah. any sort of success coming I'm from him. Pretty sure Ro he has like
0: Kemper a Ranta blanket or something that he goes to bed with every night. And he's just like, <laughs> a ranta rug. good night, auntie. You're um, going to have a great A Ranta blanket,
2: But <laughs> oh. Kemper was very good last year, 925 save percentage. And like you said, 917 on the career. So we shouldn't be totally surprised. Uh, obviously, 940 a little bit out of. Oh Uh, yeah, what we can reasonably expect from him, but that 925 did come over 55 starts last year, so uh, very impressive. Uh, The team looks obviously uh, better this season, so that bodes well for his production. The same old Arizona, yeah. I think even if Ranta plays well, you know they're not going to shy away from playing Kemper just with this start he's had. Uh, And obviously, you know you want to keep Ranta healthy. You want to keep Kemper healthy. He's had some. You almost want
0: Ranta getting more starts because I I don't know if you necessarily want Kemper getting. getting a whole 60 game workload over a season. It'd be nice that if, if he gets a 50 game workload, just losing those 10 games, but him to rest up and be able to pump out a high nine, you know, nine 930s save percentage, That's great. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of times too, and I'm finding with, with the heavy, heavy slated games too, where, where you're fine. If he's not playing, you just put in your other two goalies. Um, and then I'm running into a lot of that right now, the decisions where they're all just playing on the same day. Um, if that's the case, whatever put him on your bench, and then when he does play, he's an automatic start. So
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I, we can head into a break right now. Um, when we come back, we'll talk about some guys yeah. that me and you both agree are a little bit underowned right now. Uh, so a bit of a waiver-wire pickup segment, uh, except you know we kind of expanded our threshold a little bit. Going to be looking at anyone under 50% uh, that we think deserves a shout-out yep. and maybe a boost from us in their numbers and get the ownership somewhere a little bit more reasonable. Uh, and then we're going to go into the classic, just some weekend streamers. Uh, talk about the best guys to target at the end of the week here to try to swing the matchup in your favor. Uh, we got some skaters, got some forwards to talk about, and we got some goalies as well. Yeah. Um, so stick around for that. Um, we'll be right back in sixty seconds. Yep.
0: And a little Blue Stones quick story here. Uh, we got a little message from their uh, from their their lead guitarist the other day, and he said uh, we just played Stockholm and we had a Finnish fan. Who uh, a Finnish fan at the show who said he heard of us from the DFO podcast. So Love to, to that it. Finnish fan, thank you for you know going up to the boys, letting them know. Um, they're currently on a European tour. It's awesome. Yeah, good for them. Shaking out the rust is their recent tune that just came out. An absolute banger. I'm not even kissing ass. This thing bangs, which is just classic. Oh, I said I heard it on stones. the yeah I heard it on the radio on the way yeah, over. Yeah, so. deservedly so. But yeah, so um. To them, keep killing it. To our, to uh, the fans who are going to see them, thanks for supporting them. Love the Scandinavian love. Know. We
2: get a lot of traffic from uh, Finland and Sweden, so great yeah. to see. Not surprised by any means, but uh, love to see it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, keep listening. Uh, 60 seconds of the Blue Stones, and uh, we'll be right back with the second half of the
1: podcast. see me, you just turn Shout
2: ladies and gentlemen, to Season 5, Episode 13 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dylan Berthium. Uh, no Brock Seagan as we said before. Nope. You're welcome. We lost him. <laughs> uh, Blue Stones and no Brock. I mean, I just do not know how it could possibly get any better. Yeah. Um, getting right into the second half of the show now. Uh, we're going to talk in a, about some guys, like we said, that are a little bit under-owned. Uh, try to drive those own percentages up. Um, so we need your guys' help on that. Uh, Biebs. Who do you got first? Who who do you just think is getting a little bit yeah. disrespected? Right Someone who
0: needs we need to show him a little bit of respect. Um, this is a we'll call him a friend of the podcast, just by how much we have mentioned him, probably more than any other hockey podcast, but I'm gonna talk about our boy, Tony D'Angelo, out in New York. He's a guy where Tony. we we've seen the flashes in the pan of the offensive skills, but it just seems like they they just won't let him go. He's getting let go. Um, At 16% owned, Tony D has five goals and six assists to start this year with 29 shots on net. Um, He is the offensive threat that we thought he was. He's currently playing power play one time. We love that. He is the quarterback to that power play, which is kind of a beautiful thing when you play fantasy hockey. Um, He's got four shots in his last two games, so if he can keep just pumping the puck on net like that, that's sure for some success. Um, Nine points in his last seven. He's someone you could throw in as your third D-man and be kind of comfortable with. Even if he's not getting a ton of ice time throughout the game, you know that he's getting proper usage. He's it's always going to be in the offensive zone. Um, I could see him working his way into being a 50-point D-man by year's end if they keep using him like this, and that's something I do not mind having as my as my D3. Um, I would say grab him now, and while he's occupying that top power play, we got our boy Mika Zibanejad coming back soon. That's only going to help d'angelo even more um and if he is the the power play quarterback that he's showing he can be it's 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 gonna bode extremely well for him and someone who if you you can get a man who's getting four shots a night give me that all day yeah um again five goals six assists tony d not getting enough respect at 16 percent. yeah I,
2: I think the the knock we had him at the start of the year uh, was just truba you know I, I think at the end of last year we all felt pretty good about where d'angelo was going to be and then they went and picked out jacob truba uh, who's obviously just a threat to that power play oh, time, yeah. and we saw it at the start of the year, right? True got off to a ridiculously hot start, uh, but he's cooled down a little bit, and D'Angelo's actually taking advantage of that, yeah. which uh, a little bit unexpected. So it's really nice to see. I definitely think he's worth owning. So I don't think people have understood that
0: yet that he's there. Um, so they got to This is where this is where you gotta gotta get on that. Yeah, beat, there's, a, there's a website for that.
2: Um, oh. So, yeah, I I mean, I I think the Rangers top unit, it's still potent enough that he's worth owning, even with the bandage that out. Obviously, the upside goes up when he does return. uh, But I think Panarin and Strom are doing a nice enough job there in the meantime, anyway. Um Andreas Janssen I swear to god I talk about him every week uh Why but not, this is just too perfect for the segment um going to go over it quick it's pretty simple uh still just 43% owned dual wing eligible plays on the top power play plays with Matthews and William Nylander at even strength four goals six assists and 10 games this season for Janssen uh so really just no excuse should be up over 50% I mentioned a Brock uh last week beaves how surprising it is um, to see uh, a leaf actually being under owned for once, yeah, you just don't see it. That,
0: that does often. not happen ever.
2: Yeah, but I so even with Tavera's back now, I, I said it last week, but it's it's happened now. Uh, Tavera's back, Yonson's still on the top unit. Elander went back down, uh, so no real surprise there. But uh, Janssen definitely should be a little bit more owned than forty three percent, especially considering the the dual wing eligibility. Yep.
0: Um. Someone else. Uh, not getting quite as much. Respect to who we've mentioned a lot as well that I'm coming at you with. Here's Josh Bailey at 22% owned out in New York. The island, they are rolling right now. They're in an absolute wagon. Six goals, six assists. But get this one, D. Currently 16 shots on that. So that's six goals <laughs> on 16 total shots. Josh Bailey could shoot the puck, it would be unbelievable. But he, even if he doesn't, he's playing first line, he's touching top power play. This so is someone at twenty-two percent. Uh, you can pick up just for a spot start where he's likely gonna, you know, do something for you at this point. Especially if they're rolling. Um, we've liked Josh Bailey in years past. and He just never seems to get the respect he deserves, but currently on pace for just a brutal, brutal amount of shots, keeping it just above a hundred. Um, we need him to get some shots, but but Bailey is someone I like. I like, and at twenty-two percent, he should definitely probably closer to about forty percent. Um. Again, it's all about where a guy's placed in the lineup, and, and he's he's right there at the top. Um, yeah, I and, think and he's a good team. Going
2: to continue to be a, a yeah. steady source of assists. Probably the best source of assists you can find on, on the wire. Won't um, shoot thirty seven percent. Yeah, sure. and, and I don't think we're really going to see the own percentage shoot up that much unless you know. Uh, I just don't think we're going to see it because the only way would be if the goals happen and, uh, you know, it's not going to happen without more shots, which uh, he's not particularly known for. Uh, So, you know, he's probably going to end up somewhere around 15 goals and maybe 40 assists on the year. Uh, So just tremendous assist production uh, coming out of Bailey. So, again, if you're in a league that doesn't reward goals more than assists, then definitely Bailey's worth going after. Um, Kevin LeBanc, again, mentioned him earlier. Uh, a little bit when we were talking about the Lions. He's 39% owned right now. Three goals, three assists in his last, uh, I believe it's eight games. About time we get back on this train. Mm-hmm. If you waited out the slow start, you're laughing now. If you didn't and you dropped him, he might still be there for you to reclaim. Uh, top line with Couture and Evander Kane right now, like we said earlier. Top power play What's unit as What's his current well. owned percentage? 39.
0: 39, yeah. Should definitely should definitely be more owned. Um, Someone we came to the season as a, as a sleeper um, and uh, maybe starting to, you know, show that potential that, that we were all all there for um i know i'd already given up on him a league and i wish i hadn't
2: yeah i mean we he's always going to be productive on the power play he you know he's a tremendous passer a great vision uh really one of the dominant uh puck movers on that power play unit uh the real concern is just the usage at 5v5 it's great to see him on the top line certainly worth rostering in the short term uh obviously there's some long-term upside as well yep um
0: and i with my third one, I'm going a little bit more owned, but decided to keep it under 50. So I went with the 49% owned Thomas Tatar. This is a guy who, if you're in those 10 team leagues, 18 leagues, he might still be out there. Definitely someone who needs some looks and, um, has always kind of been disrespected in the fantasy hockey game. It seems like five goals, eight assists plus four with 42 shots to start the year. He's currently on pace for a 27 and 43 season for 70 points. That's uh that's something I want on my roster all day long and if you don't you're a big liar but um plays right wing left wing we said it last year um and it looks like we'll be saying it again this year just to tire someone you want on your roster all year with his usage out in montreal they're proving that he is one of the main offensive sources out there he's uh he's on pace for over 200 shots easy that would just be the second time in his career that he did that and uh someone we talk about who's a perennial 25 goal scorer someone you could just depend on and again he's only going to surpassed 200 shots for the second time in his career. So with that type of shooting um, and his natural goal-scoring ability, it just I, I could see him getting up closer to the 30-goal mark this yeah. year. and I
2: definitely think he hits 200 shots. That yeah. line that he stapled to with Philip Deneau and Brennan Gallagher, just a beast at even strength. Uh, possession rates through the roof, scoring chance rates, all of it. Uh, it's been great for last year and now whatever it is, 15 games. Um, so don't anticipate on that slowing down at all. Yeah, it bounces back and forth between the first and second power play unit. But That's even then, thing, their yeah. units are pretty interchangeable. Uh, obviously, it's always nice to start the power play, uh, but they do end up doing a pretty even split with Petrie and Weber kind of anchoring the two different units. Uh, you'll see Domi and Joanne, again, bounce yeah, from first to second line. yeah, First to yeah, second but- unit, rather. Um, so, yeah, I, I like to tar a lot, especially in leagues that reward shots because uh, – uh, like I said, and like you said, I, I think I do think the shot production is going to be there. Uh, Paul Stastny, again, another guy I and we have mentioned a lot already this year. He's gone a little cold of late, uh, but that'll turn sooner than later. It's impossible for him really not to produce so long as he's centering Stone and Patchetti on the second line. He's so good. Uh, also on the top power play unit with those two. Uh, 36% on right now for Paul. The one knock uh, is just the straight center eligibility. Uh, obviously, that, you know, it's a little bit harder to fit in your lineup week in and week out. I just think he's he's worth it. I, I think he's going to put somewhere up around 60 points uh, when it's all said and done this year. Yeah. Um, and Vegas has been pretty committed and pretty concrete with their lines really ever since they came into the uh, into the NHL. Uh, last year, one stone and patch were both uh, finally uh, golden knights. We saw basically Stastny uh, locked down full time in between the two of them. So now that they're all healthy, uh, look for that to continue all season long. And I just think it bodes really well for uh, Paul's production this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, and this is a guy who's not going to hurt you in those other categories, like plus, minus, you know, just out there in mm. Vegas. Um, if you're in a league with face help you there as well. Um, our final guy, I think we both, we me and D actually didn't share our names before we, we came to the segment, and then we compared, and we, we both had this man. We've talked about him a little bit on the podcast already. Ryan Strom out in New York, he's currently 40% owned. He's got five goals, eight assists to start this early year with New York. He's a plus five with only 23 shots. That's where um, I think we're both a little bit worried about him. But surpassing 20 minutes in four of his last five games, again, Zabinijad has been hurt, so he's had to had to take a lot of ice time. Um, they're proving, though, that, that he is a dependable source of offense and someone that they're uh, – we've seen New York give 20 minutes of ice down the forwards yeah. day in and day out. Um, and I believe Strome before Zabinijad went down, was playing top line with him anyways on his wing for a little bit. Correct?
2: Uh, well, it, technically the Zabransky yeah. line would have been the top line, but they did drop Panarin right down to Strom's line. Yeah. yeah okay. So. Yeah, yeah. So, but um, right before it happened, so you yeah. know, it might not have been, might have been a little experiment type of thing, and. Uh, I wouldn't say it's necessarily safe, but yeah, there's definitely potential uh, once the banders that returns for Strome yeah. to still play with Panarin. So, and you would imagine on the top power play unit. Too.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, if he can, you know, again, we talked about it with Tony D if you can have a spot on that top New York power play. It's a, that's a pretty sexy power play.
2: Yeah, it's not bad. For um,
0: sure. Definitely someone though, who who is worth a roster spot as he kind of seems to break out. Um, we've been, we've been looking for this from Strome for years since I believe he, he had a huge year in like year two, I believe it was. Um, with the Islanders back when he was there. I I, I I could pull up his numbers. But regardless, um, you know, Strom is uh he's someone who's capable of producing and uh with this type of usage we always love those guys who are getting a lot of minutes out in New York, so so keep an eye on Ryan Strom Show, Show a little bit of respect for him if you got if he's out there in your league. He's definitely uh looking like he could be a little bit for real here.
2: Yeah, and uh yeah, available in sixty percent of leagues. Uh as we said earlier, his advantage dad missed the last five games the upper body injury. Remains day to day. So keep an eye on that. Obviously if you uh you are a strong owner, if you're going to pick in, put in a claim for him. Um, but, yeah, definitely a guy worth owning in the short term. And, as you pointed out, could still potentially uh, have some long-term upside. Um, all right. So, almost time uh, to go home. But we're going to just break into some weekend streamers, as we always do uh, here at the end of the show. Um, so, we're just going to talk about I got a few teams here. I know you got a couple guys in particular you want to mention. Um, I'll go over real quick. I'll just mention the teams that are playing Friday, yeah. Sunday. The nice um, schedule. Well, yeah, 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 ton of games on Saturday. Um, I think there's, I don't, you want to guess? There's seven on Sunday. There's yeah. less four or less tomorrow. I will say. Um, but yeah, there there is uh, definitely the two nights you want to target are Friday and Sunday. Uh, so Boston is the first team that plays Friday and Sunday. Detroit as well. Edmonton. Uh, the Oilers uh, Friday and Sunday, New Jersey, and then Vancouver as well. Um, so five teams to kind of potentially look at and go after, uh, tomorrow morning when you listen to this podcast, those are the teams you want to look at. Um, Beebs, who are the guys in particular that, that you're interested in mentioning here? And also,
0: you were right. There are four games tomorrow. That's what I thought it was. And then um, on Sunday, we got a, a big old slate there. We got seven on Sunday, so it's, yeah. it's a nice weekend. For Seven's Seven's
2: usually shot. enough where you can definitely fit at least one more guy into your lineup, though. So maybe uh, you want to just take a peek at Sunday and see if there's a particular position that you're not going to be able to fit an extra guy in. Keep that in mind, of course. Uh, Biebs, uh, David Krejci, that's who you want to? Oh, I want to, yeah, talk yeah.
0: about David Krejci. I know you like this one. Uh, D's always been a big David Krejci guy, and, and why always. wouldn't you be? He's uh He's a proven uh, he's a proven fantasy weapon that's always disrespected. Um, he can, you can fit him in your lineup as we mentioned. It's Friday Sunday with him being just a strict center, so it's kind of nice for Krejci. He's got one goal and four assists in the eight games this year. He's uh, he's pretty underowned just strictly because of they had, they had a rough start start the year on that second line. He got hurt, um, but it seems like he's back a, a lot. A lot of those points, um, I believe it's four of them, have came in the last week or so. Um, so Krejci's kind of coming back to form here. Definitely someone to, to pick up for the weekend. They have Philly and the Wings as their matchup. That's two pretty weak defensive teams, especially the Wings. If they're going to play them on Sunday, with the Wings having a uh, a heavy heavy scheduled week this week, they might be a little bit dead by the time Sunday comes around. And I can see Boston just pounding them into the ground. Yeah, With that comes a couple points by Krejci. Keep it on him. 21% owned. He's likely out there.
2: Yeah. Four yeah. points in his last four games, as you yes. said, a couple of two point performances in there. Uh, so definitely a guy to keep an eye on. I, the one thing I would recommend, just make sure that you do have room for that straight center eligibility yeah, on Sunday. That's huge, yeah. Um, before you make the claim, uh, tomorrow on Friday, uh, Jake DeBrusk I think is the one other guy that's worth mentioning on Boston, uh, 29% owned right now. He's gotten off to a pretty slow start, but he did score in back to back games, uh, a couple of games. And then he went, uh, Pointless in Montreal. So, two goals technically in his last three games. Uh, Playing on the second line with Krejci, obviously, and on the top power play unit with Marchand, Bergeron, and Pasternak as well. Obviously, not uh, as involved. Doesn't touch the puck as much as other guys do on the power play, uh, but still plays the net front. Always potential to break through for a power play goal. Uh, So, I like DeBrusk this weekend. Detroit, I mean, Andreas Athanasiu, I guess, would yeah. be the one guy we're talking about. He's minus 19 right yeah, now. Yeah, who knows? Maybe Robbie Fabry sneaks into that top six, and Andreas Athanasiu finally has a half-decent line mate. But with the top-heavy approach, the Red Wings have gone with uh, Larkin, Mantha Bertuzzi. Again, love to see it for those three guys. Uh, but it really just dwindles down the streaming options on their team. Um, there's not much unless you're looking at the blue line and maybe philip ronick but
0: and he's 30
2: yeah i just right now yeah i mean it's I, it's better than nothing but there's five teams that play friday sunday yeah, so i'd much rather find better pieces yeah go against one of these other top six guys that we're going to talk about uh but after see you again second line's terrible but at least he's on the top power play unit 50 15 percent owned right now
0: yeah and someone who's definitely going through a cold spell we could see him swinging around um the next team though and uh, if you're going to grab Philip pronick I'd say you might as well just grab Darnell Nurse. And this is Edmonton that we're talking about
2: here. Yeah, I mean, Nurse uh, is potentially just worth holding on to. Absolutely, point, yeah. We could, yeah. And, uh, especially was, if you're weak like on D, you know, an in the extra League too, especially. fourth defenseman if you're starting three or fifth, if you're starting four, working a couple extra games in. Yeah. Uh, certainly potential, unfortunately not on the top power play unit. Um, of course, that's always just the cleft mom injury away, which has happened pretty much every season. Uh, but Nurse, a very productive player at 5v5, so I, I think worth owning the, uh, regardless. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier in the show just keep an eye on Zach Cassian
0: there, uh, 33% owned. And yeah. That's kind of a. Nurse, nice...
2: Sam Gagne, yeah, like I said, yeah. just pay attention uh, to the lineup ahead of tomorrow night's game, see who's ever starting there. I got a feeling it's going to be Cassian back in that spot. Uh, but who knows? Gagne would obviously be worth a spot starter too. If he's in that spot. Uh, it's just tough when you're streaming two games and it's so uncertain that he's even going to play the one there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then, and, and
0: especially when it's the difference between one and three on in, in that lineup yeah. uh, line. But, uh, the next one is New Jersey and someone that I want to mention, um, you definitely got to be, people got to turn their eyes back onto this guy, Nico. Heisher. currently 30% owned across all leagues. We were high on him to start the year. I think everyone was high on him to start the year. And there's a reason, um, He is currently their first-line center. He's currently on power play one. He's got two goals and five assists on the season. Um, But two of those goals and three of the assists have came in his last four games. He's been on on a little bit of a hot streak that no one's talking about. Someone has to score goals in Jersey. They had an absolutely atrocious start. He sure's looking like he's slowly starting to come into the guy we thought we were getting at the beginning of the year. Um, The other night, they lost 2-1. He had the one goal. It's um if you watch their games he is he's driving a lot of the offense out there um it bodes well for him so this is someone you can grab for this weekend he's playing Edmonton and Vancouver but someone I I I kind of want on my roster for for the long run at this point um and and I'll put my foot down and and stand behind that and if I'm wrong say I was wrong in a couple (laughs) weeks but uh but I just think he's too good playing with Taylor Hall there um I think just everything had to go wrong for the start of the year the to go the way it did and it really did. But now it seems, you know, he sure's who he thought he was or at least a little bit closer to it.
2: The real thing is just the usage, obviously. Uh, I mean, playing with Hall and Paul Mary on on the top line, as far as streaming value go, that's insane. You usually don't see that type of thing. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. A a guy with the offensive talent and upside that He sure possess as well. Um, So yeah, that's exciting for the weekend Uh, for sure. uh, I mean, the one, not even a concern, but the the problem with him long term, I guess, and, and Jack Hughes for that matter, is it's pretty much first line or bust with Travis Zajac there. Uh, him and Blake Coleman have proven to be a very solid shutdown, uh, I, I guess, duo as a unit and whoever they rotate in there else on the wing. Um, but Zayak is going to eat minutes regardless, just because he plays in all situations. So he's pretty much the de facto number two, um, and that's what we're seeing with Heesher kind of, or Hughes now kind of dropping down to the third line. Um, I mean, list them any way you want, but Zajac is going to play the second most minutes. So I guess now it's going to be Heesher leading the way at least for the next couple of games, hopefully anyway. So yeah, I like sure a lot this weekend. Um, really, no one else worth mentioning in New Jersey. Nah. Uh, from a streaming perspective just the way the ownership rates uh kind of work out uh and last team vancouver uh tanner pearson is the only one that i could really kind of even work up a half recommendation for uh playing with bo horvat on the top line second power play unit unfortunately but he is playing about 17 minutes a night um so if all these other guys are somehow taking in your league uh nothing wrong with just getting some extra minutes in your lineup uh and you know bo horvat uh not Elias Petterson, but still a solid offensive player. Yep. Obviously, his strength is a little bit more two-way based, but a high-event player still nonetheless. Uh, Jonas Donskoy just scored a goal right there, so there you go. Yep. Um, don't say we didn't, we didn't we, tell you. We any, didn't warn though, you. Even though you heard this after the fact. Uh, but, yeah, Tanner Pearson, I guess, would be the one guy on Vancouver that's uh, worth going after uh, from a skating stream perspective anyway this weekend.
0: Yeah, it seems that anyone that's worth owning is already owned out there.
2: <laughs> Yeah, so, um, I, would, I would agree. Um, so we're going into the goalies now. Uh, very last part of the show here. Uh, first one we're talking about, at Vegas on a back-to-back in Washington on Saturday and then Detroit on Sunday. Uh, Malcolm Subban could very well get the nod in Detroit. He played well in Toronto tonight. Um, so I, I think if Suman starts, even with it being on the tail end of a back-to-back at the end of the week, if you're hurting for goalie stats, definitely a, a prime target against oh, yeah. the Red Wings. Um, love
0: love attacking the Red Wings.
2: Yeah, nice of Vegas to play the night before and give Detroit an actual chance of skating with them. But I still think Golden Knights are going to skate all over them. Oh, um, yeah. uh, Florida, the Panthers playing in Long Island Saturday and then at Madison Square Garden against the Rangers on Sunday. Uh, hopefully Montembo gets the nod on Sunday would make for a strong spot start against the Rangers. Uh, again, uh, Panthers a very high event team. So you want to make sure that you really aren't risking, uh, either of the splits categories, uh, whether it be save percentage goals against, or if you just do saves and literal goals against. Um, so yeah, something to consider there, but if you are just going after wins, I think Montembo is a solid bet as well. Yeah. And,
0: uh, sometimes that can swing a week.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And in that same vein, and I guess a little bit more extreme, Michael Hutchinson uh, struggled this year to put it lightly, but should get the nod in Chicago on Sunday. Uh, I'm sure he'll give up four goals, but at least a coin flip to get the win. Uh, if you're behind in goalie categories on Sunday, I, I think he's worth the spot start. Just like I said, it's worst case, it's still a coin flip.
0: So and something we should mention that's kind of funny. Probably the worst fantasy week you could have is if you're if you have heavy stocks in Buffalo this week. Their schedule. A back-to-back with Tampa on Friday, Saturday, and that's it. So just two games. So if you're a Carter Hutton owner, rough. You you, one start you're getting this one week. start, and it's likely Tampa on the first night of the back-to-back. Yeah. So, um, you know. I hate to see it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Better things are coming from Buffalo. Yeah, better so you days probably ahead for, lost your week if you're stacking yeah. Buffalo players, but you've probably lost a couple weeks if you're stacking Buffalo
2: players. And you won a couple weeks earlier on. So, yeah. you know, all's well, that Classic Buffalo. all's well that starts well, I guess. Yeah. Um, that was it. That's The all. first Brockless uh, – episode of the daily face off podcast ever yeah um that's a big how big of a narcissist brock is but uh we're happy that we could get it done <laughs> uh missed you brock if you're listening he's definitely not um he probably won't even listen when he edits it no like, he's, he's not, not even gonna catch no, this. he's music. just gonna go for the break points put in the music and that's gonna be yeah. about it uh um, pray we didn't say anything too bad on yeah there. hope yeah. you guys enjoyed it we'll be back next week i think we're all gonna be here next week right i don't think we yeah. have any reason i mean
0: uh we're currently on a streak where we're losing one per so d i think you're out next week i uh, sorry about <laughs> been, well, i guess that's the benefit of having snipped. three
2: people right um pretty soon it's just gonna be a monologue of brock talking uh a little and, bit of amsr a- just and brock will be the first subscriber <laughs> yeah and
0: only uh him and his girlfriend fiance uh,
2: yeah so We love to miss Brock, but it was fun being an actual co host and splitting the, the hosting duties. So, yeah, as um, a couple
0: of kids who went to grade school together, um, who used to just sit in the back <laughs> of the classroom doing this shit, uh, it's kind of crazy. Um, but yeah,
2: so yeah, it's been fun. Um, that was it. Uh, we'll close it out with some blue stones. Hope you guys enjoyed. That was season five, episode 13 of the DFO podcast, brought to you by Odd Shark.
1: Baby, be my fire, baby, be my flame. softly burns